Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. they were like oddly had knew, knew what they were doing going in it's like even a seinfeld it was like oh i can see kramer developing on yeah, the pilot no. or whatever you know i mean i think people in terms of a character development just think about um like drama uh-huh. but in terms of comedy you could think like um how that character would react Oh, yeah. Like, equally. Yeah. As e- much, you know? Speaking of the Seinfeld thing, um, I watched uh, uh, Problem Child, the movie from the 80s, a couple weeks ago. It's like a bad, uh, it's like John Ritter and whatever, but um, Michael Richards was the villain in this comedy movie. Okay. And it was two years pre-Seinfeld pilot, and it was so fascinating because you could see, like, the the Michael Richards that went into the Kramer character that just to the way through. he moved and the way he yeah he's like developing it oh yeah it was it was very interesting like you could so see the Kramer Problem Child very bizarre movie I, yeah yeah like um have you ever seen um, Airheads no I'm aware of what that is is yeah. it a mockumentary no no it's um it's about like Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler are in a band, and they take over a radio station. I knew it was the band thing, but or whatever. Um, yeah. the guy, the guy that's like the like John McClane from Die Hard is Kramer. Like Michael Richards, he's like on the inside, and he's uh, that's the only other thing I've seen. What do Michael you mean Richards when you say in. John McClane from Die Hard? Like he's like on, he's inside the radio station. Oh, he's trying to help I the see. police. Okay, yeah, he's kind of a foil, but he's like uh, he's not comedic in that. He's like uh, he's not a comedic character in that film. But that's the only other thing I've seen. In and movie. he, uh, I know he's also pre Seinfeld was in UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic movie from the eighties. Uh, I can only um, picture the cover of that. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's all kind of and uh, yeah, and I guess now he's uh, he's blacklisted. So that was the that was how his career went. <laughs> yeah. Um, Problem Child was John Ritter on black. as the dad. What's that? <laughs> emphasis on the black. Uh, okay. Well, there's a pun of sorts. Yeah. Um, but he uh, Problem Child was kind was a pretty big like hit for like a you know a bad comedy in the 80s but it's basically i am a huge sucker for just kids fucking with adults just kids doing crazy things and i kind of like that too have you oh, ever seen i think it's so uh, funny toy soldiers uh, have you heard a of that long film? when i was really young the, maybe n- the ni- 90s film not like um there's one that's like um small soldiers not small soldiers no that's an animated thing yeah yeah, yeah. not that one that one sucks but uh, toy, well, soldiers. Toy, toy Soldiers, it's also rated like 4.6 out of 10 or something on IMDb. Okay, yeah. But like, I really <laughs> like the premise, actually. I kind of want someone to like rewrite that well, film. What's the premise of that one? Uh, um, it's that like uh, terrorists like take over like a boy's prep school and take the kids hostage right. and stuff like this. And yeah. then they sort of like fight back, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that's as good a teen movie premise as you could come up with, right? Well, I think it sort of taps into that thing that I, I don't know how many women I think have, Sean Astin is maybe. Yeah, in? there's a maybe, and I thought there was maybe even a name like someone that went on to have a big career in it, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But yeah, I think it taps into that thing that men have, and I don't know again if women have it, but men definitely have. A lot of men have like secret delusions of grandeur about like a guy busting into their class. Oh yeah, and they're gonna like sweet kick the guy and grab his Uzi and yeah, put him yeah. in a sleeper hold. Well, I think they're also like <laughs> they're probably reading Lord of the Flies in class, and they're like, "All right, who's Piggy? Yeah, who's you know?" <laughs> yeah. It probably doesn't take much time to that, figure out who's who. That yeah. must be a testosterone thing. Like, I don't know how many young women or women of any age are just like, yeah, and they're having this fantasy that they're going to, like, kick a bunch of ass. I <laughs> I, I think you might be surprised, actually, because I think it. I think mostly the, the fantasy is about kicking men's asses. Because mm. I've talked to a lot of women who are just like... I can picture that these days, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've done like um, a little bit of grappling and uh, I've talked to a lot of girls who are like, yeah, I'd like to be able to just like choke a guy out. I'm just like, whoa, huh. that's that's pretty crazy. But like, you know, yeah. 
Um, well, I guess a lot of women are taking self-defense classes. Yeah, I think there's something rooted. I don't think it's more self-defense related rather than like... Yes, then I'm going to save the day and Yeah, whatever, yeah, like and, uh, white knight sort of thing. <laughs> white knight. So yeah. uh, we have today... A potentially special episode. I, would you say what's... Well, I think the only thing is, is that uh, outside of getting a guest soon which i think we should do sooner than later we're gonna go we have we're not gonna discuss what we are gonna watch today we decided and uh, we're gonna go right when we get off mic straight to the the tiff lightbox theater Mm -hmm. downtown toronto and watch a specific movie and then come back here and talk about it right yeah exactly we um there's been a film that uh i think kind of meets our criteria and a lot of their films could sort of meet our criteria but this one it's so highly regarded. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. like, it kind of reminds me of our first episode. I think it was when we did Ugetsu, which. Mm-hmm. And it w- seems on that level of. Where you. Acclaim. Yeah. It seems to. Honestly, it seems a little above that in terms of like, it seems. I think so. I've really quickly. Oh, so the movie is. Latalante. Latalante, directed by Jean Vigo. Yeah. French director. Right. And it's what, 30s? Yeah, it's from 1936, so it'll be our oldest film yet. Uh-huh. And 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 all I have done is a very peripheral, very quick Google on the way here after I go, oh, we're doing this today or whatever. And yeah, my God, well. is the critical praise insane? It's like, it's just, it's basically on every, you know, tons of critics, top 10 of all time list considered to be the great, now, one of the greatest movies. Oh, okay, so it was kind of revisionist. Yeah, it seemed uh, like um, there was some... Well, I don't know if it was because of the original cut, because it sounds like the original cut was around an hour long. Uh-huh. And then um, the one we're going to see has uh, got another half hour, but that apparently that original hour was kind of scrambled and uh, uh. not really well. The story wasn't as well defined as it could have been or something like this, is what some of the critics were saying, but I don't know. I mean, who knows what these 1936 critics were yeah. thinking, but um, <laughs> there were some of- people who were... Uh, some critics really liked it, so I guess it was kind of divisive at the time. But okay, over time, yeah. um, which is so often the case with with great uh, right. art, it's like people are and also uh, original very polarized cuts. usually at the beginning. Oh, and, original and, cuts, yeah, and second cuts and stuff. Um, Why? What's would you say? There's another example that you can think of of a movie where like the second cut uh, changed people's opinion of it, or, or? Um, well, a, sm- a very small group. Like I heard um, just recently this year, like Star Wars. The yeah. 1977 film was yeah. basically just uh, a bunch of ideas not pieced together. And then um, George Lucas showed it to Brian De Palma. And uh-huh. Brian De Palma said, this is holy garbage. crap. Yeah, you have just a you're, mess. You're a failure. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think I can help you out. And uh-huh. and he and Lucas' wife at the time, whose name I don't remember. Yes, she was an e- she's an editor and she yeah. ed- was editing Star Wars. Yeah, and yeah. basically they were, they like just short of locked George Lucas out. Yeah, you know, I heard about this. Room. And De Palma and, and her, um, they just sorted out the first Star Wars. And they essentially they essentially added a whole level of tent. I, I read something about this. They, they It was her and maybe De Palma or whoever that added in the editing phase this whole thing where the, there was like the time crunch for the Rebels, like the Death Star was going to come around the side of that moon and blow right. them up or whatever. And that I don't think was even there. I don't think that whole tension of like the, that we're in a race against time here. Yeah. That gave an they urgency had... to that whole end of that, the whole last George, act. Yeah. You know? George Lucas was thinking, I think in terms of like a sci-fi novel and things just happening very linearly. You Would know? have made the Phantom Menace in 1977 yeah. <laughs> if they didn't, if yeah, they exactly. didn't hop in. <laughs> but um, yeah, everything was going very linear. And then they said, you know, you have to, um, have interweaving stories basically now that doesn't really tie to what i was saying of like it sounds like this uh the movie we're gonna watch today it sounds like it was like the the second the new cut was long after i don't know do you know like when did this longer 90 89 minute cut like surface was it one of these we found the old the lost canister of film in the closet thing or was it like that the director long ago recut it or something do you even know at this point I, uh, we should look I, at that uh, the 89 minute version is 
named the restored version. So uh-huh. I don't know. Well, we'll have to look at that. That's, That's something to find out. I guess. But I, but I was saying before, is there is there another movie? Because you brought up Star Wars, but I what I meant more specifically is there actually a movie where people were like meh, and then they like recut it. And then, and then it became really better. It. Yeah, you know, because um, I don't think that's that common. I don't think. But. No, I think that's uncommon. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't think of another thing offhand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I know that um, I think Metropolis, I think they ended up like it, 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 like in our lifetime. Which I must think. be around the, that must be a, around the same year I would year think it's pretty this. close. But I, I think with Metropolis that way after the fact, like they dug up. You know, they found some footage that they were able to put 27. back in. Wow, Metropolis is actually nine years earlier than this film. It's crazy that we're uh, coming up on 100 years for some of those ones, you know? <laughs> yeah, so we're that's one of the things we're going to find out is like, does this film stand the test of time? And like, if it doesn't, we're not going to pull any punches here. Like, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're here to like take, if Vigo needs to be taken down, we're going to take him down. <laughs> but that being said... Vigo. Yeah, he. Uh, we've heard good things, and for the most part, uh, do you, do you know of anything else that he has he had directed? Or I looked at his filmography. Get this: four films. Wow. Okay. Four films. So uh-huh. I don't know if he died like a tragic death or something, or if he's like I don't know. I'm gonna like you know paint rocks now or something. Yeah. Like another artistic endeavor entirely. Yeah. Or, or what? But um, yeah. Well, I maybe on the way back from the theater, we can uh, we can get up to speed on where yeah. this other cut came from and what happened to him and so we can discuss a little bit yeah we'll probably it's gonna be strange because we'll probably be doing the uh, b part a little bit on the way home and then be like all right repeat some of the stuff we just said <laughs> yeah well we'll have we can it's not we're not too far from the uh the theater so all right we should get going do you think so we do kind of have to get going we left it right down to the wire and we physically need to hop into an uber here and get down there yeah if we're gonna make this screening so yeah let's do it then all right okay So, uh, we're back from the TIFF Lightbox Theater in Toronto. That's Toronto International Film Festival Theater for anyone. Yeah, I don't know what the Lightbox idea is. I guess that's what a film originally was. That is probably what it is, yeah. Yeah. Like a Nickelodeon. (laughs) It was probably called (laughs) a Lightbox. another nickel in. In the Nickelodeon. What? Who sings that? What is that? A pop this, head of yesteryear? Yeah, uh, probably from the era of this uh, yeah. film. Yeah. 1934, re- I guess. Referencing a Nickelodeon in your lyrics. Yeah, that was a big, <laughs> that was a big hit. Um, so we just saw... La Talante. La Talante. Yeah, which was apparently the name of the barge that... Uh, yeah, it was the boat they were on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something, I had this thought early on and I, I was like, man, I wonder if Steve Zizou, like the life aquatic was a, like, if this was an influence for the life aquatic. Probably. I mean, it's something he would have seen for sure. Wes Anderson's definitely probably aware of that. Yeah. Movie. It was kind of, it was kind of the life aquatic with a John Vigo. Now, what is your impression of this movie in a very broad sense? We go in, uh, with the, uh, again, the, that we've been made aware from a limited amount of reading that it's supposedly one of the great films ever. And mm-hmm. what did you, how did you think felt it? Uh, well, know, held up to that claim. I, uh, I, I had to think about it in context of being from 1934. I think you usually do in those yeah. cases. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, what are the films that were out like around this era, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Like, well, like Metropolis was only nine years earlier. Like how, right. how much more modern does this look than Metropolis? Like, Wizard of Oz was a couple years after, I right. guess, like 39 or something like that. Right. And this, this, this could still be like the Most of this film could have happened in the seventies. Like, uh, like um, I don't think there's like too much stuff you could have not filmed. Like it, it was quite modern with a lot of the shots and the direction. I, I think, think that that's the, one of the big the things. The character, like the the characters and the 
the way that they were the just, socio like the sociological part of it and the this like the way the characters were acting was very dated i thought like i found, really oh i found the characters absolutely obnoxious everybody's assaulting each other the whole time and they're always up in each other's face and just the way they interacted they're also french yeah there's that as well <laughs> you have to remember that oh i thought about it um, there's yeah but there's some very french elements the i mentioned when we were watching i was like when she listens to the radio coming from paris right it's yeah. like the popular colors are lavender it's like the radio's coming in it's like this yeah. year's fashion is People wearing, wearing berets, berets on the left yeah <laughs> you know it was like i will say though beyond what i was just saying about the characters interacting and whatever i don't uh, oof, it does not strike me as a movie that i don't understand after having just seen it that one time at all why it is something that's talked about as one of really so great no wow. because again it's like aren't are we not talking about and i'm not saying that i you know wizard of oz or gone with the wind are like my favorite movies or anything but for them also being a re- released in around say, that time they're way more of an achievement to me than that movie was i just want to say like we took the quickest ride back here that we could and we also didn't yes. talk about it at all we like intentionally did we, not discuss this did not discuss it. we were like trying to oh sports that was our first theater viewing where where we weren't at home and then immediately going on mic after watching (laughs) yeah and it's interesting because it's taken us longer to talk about it but it's in some ways i know a lot less about what you think about it because we were just sitting next to each other and i was like what did that what did that subtitle say that was like the only real time i talked to you during the oh you you mean at the end oh i see oh i see what you're saying is usually when we watch we can sort of talk and get a little during a little bit we carefully sort of find a a moment to talk yeah no i did i was pretty unimpressed Um, really yeah personally like i just i mean again we talk about these older movies uh i don't know what year citizen kane is but like Citizen Kane also, to me, you have to, like you said, you have to contextualize it if you're going to call it the greatest movie ever made as people, how you know, they refer to this one in that sort of uh, way as well. And I don't know, man, I just feel like if we had gone to see Citizen Kane, I would have been leaving more or Wizard of Oz or something. I would be leaving going, okay, like it's contextual that it was, you know, you have to look at it in the context of when it came out, blah, blah, blah. But I would feel more like, okay that I can see, um, you know, being being something that you might say that about. And I don't know. I just, I don't know what it was. I just didn't feel it with this. I was kind of like, I. this is just, it was very I'm, weird. I'm surprised because I thought that you were going to say that the relationships were very, um, like a lot of the stuff is still holds true in terms of the relationship, man-woman stuff. I think that In terms of jealousy, I mean... There's probably not like some merchant peddling scarves with your girlfriend like at the dance club or whatever. Well, even that whole scene, but, I know what you mean, and I think that's just that's just universal though. I think that stuff, it, and then depending, you know, it plays out differently depending what kind of country you're in and what the patriarchy was like in a given place and what is even like today in terms of mm-hmm. the relationship between men and women. These relationships, but. Uh, I, uh, even that peddler character, like, what was that? Like, it was just obnoxious to me. Like, I felt like the guy on the boat with him, the old guy was just obnoxious and the peddler was just like obnoxious and everyone's hitting each other and yelling at, at each other all the time and throwing each other around. It's like, <laughs> there was like 14 assaults in that movie, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> You're looking at it through a very 2019 lens, I think. Yeah, I just felt, I just was like, ugh, like kind of no, like. You're, just, you're being PC with it. Um, no, I felt that also about Crocodile Dundee, which I watched recently. <laughs> there was so many assaults. Like it was just like. I don't like what this person's saying. Time to like hit them or whatever. It's like, no, like what? You know, geez. Well, I was just like, I just saw Stagecoach there because I was looking up other films from the 1930s. The 30s, yeah. (laughs) Just have to throw out John Wayne's entire career. Well, and I, you know, I'm more talking about like I'm not saying that I'm that bothered by the 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 physicality of the fighting. Just just the way that they interacted. I was like. I just kind of maybe it's just because it's eighty five years old. Even the misses, you know? you, you weren't. Uh, 
I you mean, weren't taken by her at all? for some reason, I just didn't get too too caught up in it. And then I think another thing that didn't help is I was like, well, clearly they're gonna. I just kind of knew. I didn't know how it was gonna happen. You know, I was sort of envisioning that the boat was gonna be going through one of these harbors or pulling out and she was going to be running along the shoreline and they're going to hoist her on. But regardless, I was like, ah, she's coming back. And I kind of was like, just, it was predictable to me in that way a little bit too. Yeah. And, but you know, everything that's come after, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. You are aware of all the tropes that have that's probably true. been established yeah. by this movie. No, again, it's 85 damn years old. It's, 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 a, well, you, you think know. of what films have come after basically almost every film, you know, and have watched <laughs> most, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like I just, I was just looking up, like I'm trying to like my expectations are very low for movies that are earlier than like 1950. And I sure. want to say, like, mm-hmm. even the guy that was, uh, like, uh, we were buying our tickets from thought it was a silent film, right? Yeah, that kind of was a little weird. I thought, like, you're supposed to be working at TIFF. And, yeah. like, why are you telling us it's a silent film when it's not? Like, yeah, exactly. get up to speed there, buddy. Um, I guess he was just working the box office. Yeah, he wasn't a program director. He's probably, like, you know, <laughs> he's like, we're showing Get Out. They And they were, actually. Yeah, no, this I know. Weekend. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you might have liked it more than I did. I, I did like it. I think it was pretty, I thought it was pretty well done. <laughs> hmm. I know that's sort of a general statement, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the direction, there's one one shot that made me like gasp audibly when he was like looking out sort of uh, wistfully and uh, his wife had gone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and she, he mm-hmm. was just sort of like, almost like PTSD sort of just looking off the bow and they were going under a bridge or something like this. And I was just like, like if I could ever shoot anything that looked like that, yeah, I and would be pretty content with myself. I do agree with you on that. I, I understood. I think the direction I know, was pretty uh, Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I have enough context that I, you know, I, I appreciate the, the technical aspects of it. And some of the shots were great and probably more so than I even know right now, having it, uh, having it only been 20 minutes since we saw it. I bet when I think about it a little more and has a little time to sit, I'll be a little bit more impressed just on a basis of like the technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should level, also say this, like I, I'm from Nova Scotia. I grew up like on a coast, like I've seen barges like my whole life. Yeah. And, and uh, and boats and stuff like this, and I've my dad's a fisherman. I've grown up on boats. Well, so and I it's funny stuff resonated to well, me. Well, it's like, funny because I have that to an extent too. Growing up like right on the beach in White Rock and yeah. Vancouver, and then I took sailing lessons as a kid, and I spent a lot of time on my grandparents' sailboat going mm-hmm. up and down the Pacific Northwest, you know, coast. I think there. Uh, specifically the feeling that I just resonated with me from that is just that when you're on a boat. And like, well, I mean, it would be less so with a barge because a lot of time there'll probably be uh, land on either side of you. But like, when you're on a boat, there's no going to dry land. You can't just walk over to like somewhere to feel better. You know, you're once you're there, right. you're there. Which you know? was clearly that was a huge part of the narrative. Is like, and yeah, he drags her really onto this boat. On her. His new bride drags her onto this boat, and mm-hmm. and you know, it was very. Obvious. I could feel that like re- like. Yeah, Truly, it was. I, it's funny that you say because while we were just trying to out ocean each other there a minute ago, or be like, <laughs> uh, well, I thought that was going to continue. I thought going to be like, well, how much time have you been on boats? Or whatever, <laughs> you know? But I was. It's funny that you say because when you just said that, I remember one time I went with my cousin Scott, who I really like, super cool guy, who is from Vancouver Island, and blah blah blah. We went with my grandparents on this boat trip for like two weeks, okay. and every three days or so, we would drop anchor somewhere and go have dinner on shore. But we were on the boat for like 95% of this two week period. And sure. by the end of it, me at 12 years old and my cousin at 14 or whatever at the time, we were beyond on each other's nerves. Like, right. And we didn't even know each other very well. So we were trying to be like as pleasant and as nice as possible. And we were kind of on the same page and we got along, but it did not take long uh, for a couple of young guys at that age when you just like you say you're just right there with these people oh man like for like day after day i thought it was pretty tender too like a lot of the moments of the film like where um he was like the skipper and the kid were putting um pair jewels in the bed when he was drunk and stuff sure. like this and then Pair Jules was trying to dress 
um, the skipper once they'd been in, once he jumped yeah. in the water and stuff. There like was this. the affection they had for each other that they yeah. wouldn't show. Like it was everyone yelling at each other the whole time and insulting each other, but then they truly, you could tell, were very fond of each other. Yeah, and I got that all, and I thought that was kind of cute and quaint or whatever. Yeah, no, I thought the characters were like. I also going back to what I was saying before about their obnoxious behavior. I I was kind of confused about stuff like, um, you know, it's just. Why is it okay for him to just come in in that one scene and just start destroying the guy's possessions in his yeah. bedroom and he's tossing things around and it's just kind of treated like he was in a bad mood there and it's yeah. like we don't that's not well, how society almost, works you can't yeah. just go and start destroying somebody's shit and breaking shit because you're in a bad mood for five minutes or yeah whatever. well i think the other guy's <laughs> also drunk so it's probably like well, yeah this is what happens when we're drunk and know? and yeah I, and they are on that boat together and, and he they I, know it each sounds other like so he's well. the captain of the boat so i mean yeah on that note why was when you know they toward the end of the movie, mm-hmm. they had to go check in at head mm-hmm. office or whatever. Why was he in trouble as a skipper? Uh, 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 what was he doing that was not you know? Was he just so focused? The insinuation he was so focused on his new bride that he wasn't doing his job properly. And what was their job? What were they supposed to be doing with that fucking I, boat? Yeah, I don't know. They were probably supposed to make. Um... Like, certain schedules and stuff like this. But, were they um, supposed to be delivering mail or something, like dropping shit off? Or what were they? They didn't really explain, I don't, I guess. Yeah, no, right? they didn't. They they really didn't. But I mean. Maybe it was, maybe that's a, maybe that's contextual to the time. Like, it's just kind of like that you don't, maybe if it was, you know, 1945 right now, we wouldn't, we would just be like, of course, he's a skipper. And like, right. this is a job or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe they intentionally didn't tell us. You know, I guess because I what I didn't understand one. why, what had he done or not done that had quote unquote got them in trouble, and who's reporting it, and where is? Yeah, I didn't really. Well, quite if get. you're gonna be, yeah, I guess if you're docking at certain spots, then there's gonna be like your coworkers around. Fit, there's yeah, only so that many makes harbors, sense. You know? Yeah, no, that makes sense, and they're but, gonna be uh, like we we yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, it sounds like you. I do appreciate it on a technical level, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, like Vigo, like himself, like the director. Yeah, like I thought his performance was probably the performance of the film. And what did he play, the skipper guy? No, no, no. I mean, like as a director. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But actually, the the uh, the actor and the character and the director's name are all Jean. That's what I I had thought about that. Yeah. yeah. But you just really appreciated his direction. and Yeah, uh, I think so. I was uh, like, that's one thing I'm looking for, like throughout this series, throughout the podcast, because mm-hmm. I assume like a lot of people listening are probably going to, are probably into direction and are probably oh, yeah, maybe going to pursue that as a career. They're at least just a fucking nerd if they're listening to yeah. this about movies. So, and I'm not even, I'm not even necessarily like a visual person, you know, like I make music and stuff like on the side and, uh, uh-huh. So like I'm almost I'm actively, proactively trying to think like of the visual composition, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was just every shot was composed really well. You, you mean know? when you're watching something, you're yeah. actively kind of yeah. To that's something that's changed with me. Like um, like the more we've done the series too, but also yeah. the more I've gotten into film, I'm thinking about like well, where would the person be standing had they had to film this or like of course yeah you know the the more you kind of get into to movies the more you're in that mindset and i think it's good to have a balance so like i i like to try to also just not be too hypercritical as i'm watching and just experience it obviously Mm -hmm. but i'm someone who is very aware hyper aware of that stuff as well and uh you know i could i could describe to you a bunch of shots from that movie that we just saw because they stuck with me like it obviously he knew what yeah well, he was he was doing some very i already uh, mentioned one like probably my favorite shot but i mean this is kind of like a recurring mm-hmm. thing that i ask like did you have a favorite shot from the film or anything like oh that? yeah that i more mean memorable to um you? there wasn't anything to i mean i thought it was kind of cool toward the end when he uh he did the thing where he approaches her to throw her over his shoulder, literally, and take her back to the boat where she yeah. belongs. 
there's so a lot of humor right like yeah i think also it was like borderline socially acceptable to be like you're coming with me and just yeah. throwing a woman well, over your shoulder or whatever but it, like, but it wasn't bizarre. though because all the people out there were like, hey. like you don't just lift someone up and take them away yeah i was gonna say though that i thought it was interesting how he she was listening to that old you know music player or whatever with those very primitive headphones and he comes up and then they just show her reflection Mm-hmm. in the top of the, the the glass on the shelf beneath them and that's I, you know i liked stuff like that yeah um, that was a pretty cool shot yeah um some of the cinematography on the the boat itself was pretty cool when they i think the cinematographer's know. name is boris kaufman i don't know why i remember how do you that. know that yeah how do you remember that? I don't know. Just because it's such it. a memorable sort of name. <laughs> Boris Kaufman. It sounds like a made-up name for a like a James Bond villain. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, uh, you know, I, Born I, into a family of Jewish intellectuals. Well, we're not just going to read his Wikipedia on oh, the wait. thing here. No, well, I got to... He did... 12 he, Angry Men. Yeah, he did 12 Angry Men. So wow. That's probably the thing he's most famous for. And on, on the, the waterfront. Yeah, Holy wow. Crap. So he did, yeah. Oh, and now, now that reminds me of what I was going to say is I wanted to talk a bit more about this this greatest film of all time thing and this whole idea that, you know, it. I think the reason that that was restored and was at the TIFF Theater today is there are still a number of people in the world of film criticism that hold this movie up to, again, being... Uh, like it's on a lot of people's top tens of all time. And mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, I'm trying to understand. I think I'm going to have to do a bit more reflection on that or maybe even reading to try and understand that. I just thinking about the year. Like the no, year but that, 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 then is what we're saying is what my point was, was we're t- are we talking about this? We, we have to be talking about the same thing as Citizen Kane or whatever, where you're contextualizing. I like Citizen Kane. I, it's certainly, I liked it more than this. But I, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, is that when people put Citizen Kane on their top 10 list, they are contextualizing it as it came out in such and such a year and it was innovative for this reason yeah. and that reason and that reason. And that's got to be the only explanation for this movie like this there was nothing in this movie um outside to me of the the contextual technical side of it that would perhaps put it on all of these notable film critics top 10 movies all of right, all well, time put list, it this way you know it's not on the imdb top 250 oh, well no it's too yeah and we'll, and it's not the shawshank Redemption. yeah top 10 was like batman begins and stuff like this as we've talked about Great, right. great movie and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really even think so. But, we, but is we don't it a, need to get into is that? Is Batman Begins a better film than Latalante? I think Batman Begins is a bad movie, so maybe a bad, bad one to bring up. I'm uh, not into. Yeah, it. well, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, um, in the context of just like handing you a lot of modern um, things and just like, mm-hmm. I just think that it's it's just all I'm trying to say is I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it crosses over into like being so much more than just, I totally understand if people go, Oh, this, like, I understand why it was playing there today. I understand why we saw it. I'm happy to have seen it. I understand the idea of 85 years later, people going, what a, a amazing technical achievement for the time. But I'm going to have to reflect on this one a little more to understand why it would be so important quote unquote in the world of film criticism and why so many people would be like it's on my top 10 movies ever or whatever it is i'll have to think about that uh um so uh, yeah reflect on that a little bit more personally i mentioned before he only did four films Mm -hmm. apparently he died when he was 29 oh man yeah in france born and died in paris france 29 years old tubercular (laughs) tuberculosis it says right here tuberculosis um yeah i imagine that people like some of his other movies too uh but you know this kind of thing as you look here the 10th greatest film of all time but yeah no what what i was getting at is like i don't know to if i to jump uh, like to aid your case i guess um perhaps it was a bit of that you know Kurt Cobain. I was like just about to say thing. you just beat me to it. Yeah, he died of tuberculosis at age twenty nine, and you kind of go, "That's a really impressive movie for a guy." He, so he was probably like goddamn like twenty six well, or twenty seven when he made that, that may, movie. That may have been his only feature. 
Oh, wow. Interesting. 41 minutes, the one before. And apparently that used a lot of the same cast. Well, this is part of it now. Now that we bring that up. I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be overly critical, but that's... 25 minutes. It's his only feature film. Yeah, this is definitely part of it. We're talking about a kind of borderline 20 early kind of 27 club Man, I, that's how old i am you know right now yeah no that's what i'm handsome young fella uh, you're talking about yourself or <laughs> yeah me as well yeah, no you, but Vigo. No, we have a picture of the director up and yeah. that's who andy's reference you didn't <laughs> yeah, just go that was that's too... how old i am and i'm a handsome young fella <laughs> um but no now that we yes. look at that that is interesting and but what i'm saying is without trying to be overly critical that's a huge part of this now that makes a little bit more sense to me. We're mm-hmm. talking about a guy who directed one feature length movie and then died. And it's a pretty romantic movie and it's a pretty like romantic vision right. for somebody so young. And it's quite a technical achievement. See, I'm all, I'm gaining a little, it's funny because I've instantly gained a little bit <laughs> we more. We won you back a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I, I but, get it. Um, that is a very romantic thing. And people kind of, even uh, tuberculosis as well it's so it's weird how we're so drawn to those tragic you know like i think often of ian curtis and it's it's like funny um, ian curtis was like 23 or something insane um, like that from joy division yeah it's crazy how young some of these people are and it's fucking tragic and i guess kind of romantic it's certainly more tragic than romantic to me though you know yeah um as a teenager i didn't it was more romantic than tragic to right, me. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, the main actor, I he, Jean Daste or whatever, he kind of looks yes. like Vigo himself. Yeah, he, no, would they, you agree? That's what was kind of confusing me. I had glanced at a picture earlier and I thought, oh, maybe he had acted. Yeah, they do well. kind of look alike. But um, when you see a picture of the director, it adds a whole other element because, as you just said, he is handsome. So we are right. now talking about this very early kind of 27 ish club. Charismatic thing. Parisian. Yeah, this super good looking. Yeah, and it guy, sounds like his you know. father or like his family or something is like, we're like um, some sort of like anarchists or political like oh, you know okay. like activists of some sort so like uh-huh i don't know he's he's on paper he's pretty cool yeah and it, that is a that is a romantic story as tra- as i say tragic as it is that's pretty that's an interesting part of the context I, uh, yeah i guess i also want to say like it, it it is about like young people in the 30s that are um you know just trying to make their way and ma- maybe that that was symbolic to other people uh, at the time, like, you know, they're li- trying to li- just make their way on this barge. You know, we're trying to make our way on the railroad or whatever. You know what I mean? Of like, course. Yeah. So it, maybe yeah. it's speaking to something greater that we're not really registering as well. Like, Probably because I, I think even as I w- off the top of the discussion, I was sort of so c- critical of the, you know, sociological aspects of mm-hmm. it. It's just because it's a different. There is that thing. It's 85 goddamn years ago. And there, it's easy. It is much easier as someone who even lives in a country like you know to live in this developed Western country. And I'm looking at it, going, "What are they doing on that fucking boat?" Like, and it's yeah. like, "Oh, maybe they did, had to be. Like, maybe there was like that." She clearly was living in that tiny village. Yeah, she she was just looking for a way out of. This, oh, the like, opening was you know, gorgeous. I thought that was really well done. Like yeah. with all the the people following and like every bit of dialogue. I thought with the I thought that was perfect. Like I've you know i'm from a small town like the small town weddings and stuff people don't walk to the uh you know to like the, to the uh the dock to the barge and, yeah. yeah but um it, i thought it was funny how in that at the end of that scene the the barge is you know pulling out and he's waving farewell and there's these very uh, what i thought were comical shots where he framed that crowd of 20, 25 people seeing them off on the shore. Yeah. And they were just like stoic. Like not one of them waved back. <laughs> that was funny, right? It was funny. There yeah. was multiple funny yeah. moments. Like, yeah. And I think they were intentional. Like, you know, there was like when the, uh, when Pear Jules oh, they were. was like, yeah. oh, they forgot to break this. And then he stomps on them, the yeah. plate, you know? Yeah. It was, it was, and, and, uh, you it know. It's quite French, that film. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Like both in its like the harshness of like the drunken stupor that people would be in and how they would treat each other, like you're saying, but also then how light and um, humorous things would be. Yeah, droll even. And, <laughs> I, and I, I think the way that yeah, that's true. And I think that the way that they were, 
you know, again, that thing that I found kind of obnoxious of everybody yelling at each other the whole time, I think that it plays into just a little bit of a, 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 you know, a trope or a cliche about just how European, it's just kind of European, like this idea of everyone screaming at each other. And, yeah, but also you know. very city as well. Like yeah, uh, yeah. we mentioned like, uh, I don't know, something on the on the way back home, like uh, or somebody being in the way or something like that. Oh, I bumped into someone earlier today. Like I, I right. literally bumped into someone and we were talking about like how that's seemed yeah. very like a very New York. I thing said it's a happen. very like Toronto slash New York idea that you bump into this woman and like she doesn't even acknowledge. Yeah, she didn't. Like, she didn't even flinch. Yeah, and like, I I'm guilty of that too. Sometimes I'm in just such a shit mood, and you're walking around and there's so many people and it's it's just, it is Scott much Stevens just boof. yeah and you and I'm not saying I go and like run into someone, but definitely I've been. I can be in a bad enough mood that it'll be like a kid and I'll be like, get the fuck out of the, like, it'll be like an eight year old. And I'm like, if you don't move, I'm going to throw you to the ground. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Something about kids being injured is funny. Oh, it's hilarious. But it just, it's, it's that it is, there is that thing in Toronto that you have in New York where it's yeah. like super busy and loud and people are just like, get the fuck out of my way. So, yeah. Like, I assume there was some, uh, some Paris <laughs> version of that. There is a Paris version of that, you know, Sacre bleu, you know, and then they just, yeah clear yeah. somebody into the uh it was very i thought it was very Riviera. effective and yeah i thought it was very effective in terms of you know it there was no like any great you know story or movie and other people call this one great so i will too but it, you know there it, it was very clear what the motivations of the characters were there was nothing like in and he very clearly presented in a very subtle way that push and pull that she was dealing with of like right I love this guy, but I'm stuck on this fucking boat with life, him. Yeah, I'm and she's kind of feeling that pull even through the early radio broadcast. She's feeling the pull of the city, the city, and materialism. Um, right, and just know. like just having just the artifacts of Père Jules' room, of course, were almost enough to just like make her mind wander to land. Oh, know? of course, and that I think that was definitely the point in that scene where he. He was giving her the tour of his bedroom and right. she's looking at these, you know, trinkets and whatnot and artifacts. And very much that was tied in, I think, to that radio broadcast scene. Yeah. And, and the idea that, you know, they were going into port at, in Paris. Like there's, it was, it's by no means a bad film. Like, oh, God, it's no. like yeah, everything, no, everything set up everything else, you know. Yeah. And like there mm -hmm. was there was wasn't any fat on that film, you know. No. And I can see why um, there's, there's I'm curious what the 61 minute version was, you know, like what yeah, did they cut what out? Did you cut out? Yeah. There, but I can see why there's like an impetus to want to remake Whole movies. Hour. Obviously, you know, I can see why over the years so many movies get remade so many times and people I just drank powerade that's what oh, that noise who's was drinking powerade what is there 70 that, that, grams of sugar and then you just <laughs> want you just drink a like a melt of snickers and that noise that. is too obnoxious i suppose i could have just edited it out these, but these sports drinks and these supposed vitamin drinks they've I could got go for a snickers 72 grams of sugar and they market it like it's it's like a pepsi man product. actually if we mention those will they give us snickers and powerade i don't want any Go ahead, mention it all you want. Man. Send Andy some oh. Snickers and Powerade. We don't, have I don't any, want any of it. We don't have any sponsors yet, but uh, maybe God. if we just preemptively mention some of them. <laughs> Sherry's Berries, Dollar Shave Club. Sherry's Berries. Give us some money. Nature's Box. Just a mattress shows up. Uh, what's the other one? MeUndies. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Now... We anyway. we digress. Um, what uh, what were we just saying there? I, I had a good point to make. What were we talking about before you uh, started slurping Powerade on Mike there? Um, we were talking. What, what what refresh me here is where where we were at with well, that. I was talking about Pere Jules and uh, his room and how he she was tempted just by the yeah. trinkets in his room. Yeah. Well, anyway, I guess I just think um, yeah. The more we talk and how about everything it, was set up, like uh, the every every. Uh, like if you were writing a story like English class, mm -hmm. you know, like English lit class, it'd be just like, all right, your A part should have a B part and your C part should have a D part. There was no real like um, digressions from the story. Mm -hmm. It was all it was all very, um, very focused in that in that way, was, right. which made me think like, why could there how how is it possible to cut a half an hour out of that film? Oh, and that reminds me now again of what I was talking about, which was I see why people want to remake movies and everything, because as we may have even said about 
I don't remember or something we had even watched up to this point. I could see how like the the basic structure of the movie that we just saw in the story. Mm-hmm. Not that I would want to remake it, or I think anyone could, but Eskia. you could you could see how you could take that basic thing and you right. could make a really impressive. Like if someone came out with that movie we just watched and it was this kind of new indie version of it and right. it was on like a sailboat and whatever See, this it would is be why i'm saying it's a good it film. would be like a huge hit that's you why know I, I mean? that's why i'm saying i think yeah, this is really yeah. good and in modern, context you know yeah, yeah no that is true and I, that occurred to me while we were watching and i was like man if you could update this you know and i think it's just yeah i mean I, again i never said i didn't like, like if it. louis ck came out with that film instead of the one he just if did he, if he wasn't and, canceled and nothing happened with the you know <laughs> mis- masturbatory yes. habits what are you, you know? what are you saying louis ck would be the or guy like to woody, direct the woody allen or i don't sure. know like who's um what's that oh, guy john favreau or somebody you know like uh, he's directed the, this the jungle book or whatever no Is there's really? lots of there's lots of great directors coming up you know like you know, there's people that but it like just, a Noah Baumbach yeah, it, or someone like yeah, that. It would or, just or, be uh, like super heralded. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, that absolutely. Like as a story, if you did it right. Yeah. And then yeah. that occurred to me about halfway through. Just like fog in creeping in and you got like Sean Penn, like on the bow of the, 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 the thing. It's like, you know, Mystic River <laughs> Sean, too. Sean Penn, the journalist. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, um, it definitely, the more we talk about it. And again, I never said, I think this is a bad movie. I just was no. like, okay, and but I think what we're geek driving towards here, and I think I even over the course of this discussion have come to appreciate it a bit more, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, then you factor in the thing of his young death and him being handsome or whatever. And <laughs> I'm just saying I get it a little bit more, but I also that's a I'm glad we brought the remake thing up because mm-hmm. when you do think about that, you consider it's 85 years old, and I we both d- agreed immediately that if you were to take the exa- essentially the same story, modernize it, tweak it, if that would be a huge... You could just see it. It would just be like a huge... Yeah. It would be a very... Exactly, you know, like... Uh, independent like, movie. Yeah. Uh, or thir- low 12, 13 years... Art house movie, I should It'll say. be a, a century since that came out, and like... I have a lot of faith that like nobody's going to be like, what does this mean? Like, what's a barge? You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. everything's yeah. going to translate still a century later, which is you know? impressive. That's Im- that's that pretty impressive. Im- it is right? impressive. Yeah. Um, um. And and you know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend about the re- the remaking of things the other day, and man, it's an odd. It's like my dad's favorite topic. The what your dad likes... they remake every movie. Oh know? yeah, and it make I I get it because it's kind of like as we say, if someone was had the gall to remake that movie that we just saw a lot of people would be upset but it would make money probably and that's in the same way of like i I mean i can only imagine how upset some people were when gus van sant did that weird shot by shot remake of psycho in the 90s or whatever it was like that's a weird idea to go yeah how about we take this absolutely legendary movie by one of the greatest you know yeah quote unquote greatest directors of all time and this young kind of upstart you know yeah director comes like in if, and goes i'm just gonna remake it and it's like yeah, whoa it's, okay yeah it's you like know. if post malone was just like let me remake abbey road yeah it's like for his next record <laughs> you're just like that's your next career choice yeah and for it's, real and that's a really good example because imagine how angry people would be <laughs> yeah and it would it would probably be a good move it's the no press is bad press thing. yeah exactly the the, the dad the you know the 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 dads across the nation would lose just their announce shit. it and then yeah. not do it but you'd just get all the press still that's a kanye move right there oh yeah yeah um well yeah, the, our t- our our first uh, tiff that that wasn't so bad going to the theater and everything. No, it was great. And then you know, oh, the, the I gotta mention the the very end of the film when the credits were rolling. Yes, uh-huh. um, they didn't put the lights up, and nobody left the theater or made a sound. Well, it's because or, what I was saying, it's the house lights is this thing. It's that like, was one of the most awkward moments you know, of my life. Well, it was just because they had no music on the end credits and they didn't bring the house lights up. And so you had 35 people, 50 people sitting in Everyone utter was afraid to pin move. drop silence. And it's because they were, you know, and into just it, looking at you like Jim from the, uh, oh, you don't know the office, but like, well, I, I know the real like one, the British one. I know yeah. the real British office. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but you know, I it's not the end of the world. It was awkward. It was awkwardly quiet. Yeah, because it was like five but minutes. You of literally pin turned drops. him in. You were like, "Yeah, do we yeah. go?" But in Can those we go? in those people's defense, was like, um, there was some yeah. there was there was some valid reasons like to sit yeah. like they were talking about the 4K restoration and, and where Jimmy they, cracked you know, a beer halfway through the movie. <laughs> I don't know why that bothered you so much. It's like you're 14. <laughs> like everybody brings booze but to movies no, now. You know, you're the only one that cracked a beer in it's that. It's because the average age was 62 oh, in right. there today. <laughs> no man, you'd be surprised because because uh, all the theaters serve booze now. Like the Cineplex yeah, all yeah. serve. They can buy tall cans now and the whole thing. So it's not like this weird thing. All right, you know. Anyways, um, um, well, we got in such Canadian fashion. Now our plan is to. Uh, God, spend a lot of time together today, apparently, but we want to go watch the Leafs game now, yeah, right? Go, We're going to watch go the Leafs, Leafs play, playoff game, even though I'm a, I'm a Canuck fan. I'm from Vancouver. I'm a Canuck fan, but I'll watch. If I'm in this fucking city, I guess I'll just watch. Yeah, but um, the, yeah, the other, what I was saying before was like the movie that you're referring to that we did that would probably translate well. It's Eskia the Bandit or whatever. We were yeah. talking about that one. Yeah. That like man, you could redo this, and it would be like a fairly well, well done. Like you, you could hope someone. I was would waiting for it to go John Wick the whole time. Remember, I was like John Wick. John. You thought it was gonna go, and he did weird. have a John Wick moment yeah, in that yeah. film. But you're, but, but what you're saying is, is that you thought, but that see, that's another discussion. We talked about it when obviously when we did that movie, but that's not a very old movie, and the fact that we're yeah. already thinking that, man, that one's that, that one was my worst one. The well, one that, that one I liked from, the least, that liked the least of everything we've done so far Eskia. was the, the Bandit. Yeah. 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 Well, that one was from 96, and this one's from 36. Right. How yeah. much worse did that age, you know, the bandit yeah. than this one, right? It's true. So. And, you know, we should go, but I wanted to say one more thing. A shout out to my girlfriend, Christine, for something very funny she pointed out to me recently, which is, how could, how could it be leaves, plural? Wouldn't it be Toronto Maple Leaves? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, wait, where does that... <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I'd never thought about it before. No, really? Leafs with an S on the end. Yeah, no, I remember I read about it as a factoid. It was like, in 1931, they decided it would make more sense to be Leafs or okay. something like that. It's not grammatically know. correct. I don't know. It sounds like something a bunch of hockey people would come up with. Leafs. Oh, well. <laughs> if that's the worst criticism of the team, I'm... Just I'm, of the I'm name. Okay. It, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Okay, yeah. well... Would it, should we just better than Golden Knights? You don't like that? Anyway, the Vegas. All right, okay. we're we should away. go. Yeah, <laughs> we digress. All right, thanks for tuning Thank in you to for Desperately listening. Seeking Cinema. We, yeah, and we now do have a Patreon, and we've got our bullshit social media accounts. They'll be easy to find. So go and look for all Support that us. stuff. Yeah, and follow us and bother us online if you want to. All right, I'm Andy, and I'm Jimmy. Goodbye. All right, bye now. <laughs>